Yo, Marcus. Yo. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. That's good to know. This is Zebras in America movie podcast. And, you know, we're not really a gimmicky sort of podcast. Would you say that? No, we're not at all. But I thought, you know, because it's going to, you know, if you're listening to this in real time, it's going to be Thanksgiving this week. Yes. And Thanksgiving is a weird holiday. It is. It's it's like a <clears throat> it's like a transitional holiday. It shouldn't be, but I think that's what people treat it as the link between, you know, Halloween and Christmas. It's like yeah. it's like the Connecticut or, or, of or it's or like Hanukkah. the Connecticut. Sure. It's a Connecticut of of holidays. Yeah. And it's it's fucked up. It's it's a holiday that is about what we're taught when we're young is that, you know, people came, pil- people came to, they discovered America, which of course is not true because you can't discover a place where people, people are. are already there. So they come to Plymouth Rock or, or as was once said by someone more eloquent than me, Plymouth Rock was landed on us. I think I'm not allowed to say that, but I was, I was quoting it. Do you think that's okay? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to be going into a lot of interesting politics on this episode. So I mean, you quoted something from a movie. I don't know if that was actually said. So right. Okay. Because I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not equating myself. I'm not a black person. So I'm not saying us. Like I'm part. Of, like I'm not trying to be something I'm not. Sure. I'm just Scott. Yeah. But we're taught this narrative from a young age. I think they're changing this now that there was this peaceful commune of like, you know, Christian white people and indigenous Americans where they were sharing. And that's not what happened. And, you know, Americans, the the white America, the white supremacy, the patriarchy that we talk about was started on a false idea of friendship and community. Yes. So, you know, the land was stolen. And even if even if you want to say that, that America was discovered, which it wasn't, there's already a lot of proof that Vikings were here and a lot of proof, if you look at tools, that Africans had been here before already. I'm starting... that. That's... I... I... I have different sectors of podcasts that I listen to, and in my kind of uh, conscious black sector of podcasts that I listen to, that that's actually been a topic that's come up on completely unrelated podcasts that I listen to. So it's interesting you, you just said that. Right. And as you know, like I've been having a hard time lately, and also Thanksgiving is difficult. I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100 today. And, you know, my father passed away on Thanksgiving, which right. is which will make... Thanksgiving a difficult day for you and of course so I've been doing a lot of nostalgia just like finding pictures like creating my you know I have a little ancestor altar that I have you know I have like pictures of my loved ones I have uh you know I actually have I have the funeral card from from when your mother passed away you know because I, I give reverence to people and and uh you know like 
because I, I was there. I was there for you. You know, I was there when when your your parents, you know, passed away. And you were. Um, the holidays can be hard, and a lot of our listeners probably, you know, Thanksgiving can be really painful for like a lot of people. Like if you if you have a strained relationship with your family, if you don't get along with your family, if you don't have family, if your family's dead, if you can't get to your family because of, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, it can be really painful. And that's that's even before like the whole like gluttony complex that is the quote unquote Thanksgiving dinner. Where sure. I don't know about you, I never am happy after eating seven thousand calories of turkey. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I hear that. Oh, 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 over the years since my since my kind of weight loss thing, I've like I go heavy on like the collard greens with turkey. And I, first of all, I know what you mean, but I, I've I've been I don't really eat. I eat just like the turkey, not the skin, and like a lot of collard greens. Um... And I don't do the mac and the stuffing as much anymore. So I guess I say that to say because that for many years I did feel feel that way. Although yeah, I mean I know, don't want to make things about race. Uh, now that now that my mother's gone, I don't know. Next time I'm gonna have collard greens uh, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if you ever come over here for Thanksgiving, I always you know I always make what people I believe that the holidays that are family holidays I always try to make people what like makes them comfortable. So if you ever come over here for Thanksgiving, I'll make uh, collard greens. Obviously, they will not. They will be made by Jewish Scott Thorough, not you know not Jewish Paulette Penn. So it'll be a different vibe, but but there will be love in it. I promise you that. And, Thank you, um, man. I appreciate that. that. That actually reminds me. I remember years ago, I had a Friendsgiving, and Mtume actually brought over some really, really good co- collard greens. He's an excellent collard green cook. He's an excellent cook. Him oh, he's his, an excellent cook. When I've stayed, when he used to yeah. live in Barcelona, he made these like he made great chicken cutlets. He makes good grits. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. He he's, makes he's, excellent he's grits. He taught me how to make grits correctly because oh, nice. I didn't, I didn't know about some of the extra. stuff things that had to do and I'm I'm now a huge grits fan and him and his father actually taught me how to make red beans and rice the proper way you know from with dried beans not not with beans from a can um which is all to say that I was going through a bunch of nostalgia things and finding pictures of me in high school and I don't have a lot of pictures of me in high school because I was very, very overweight. Mm. I was, I was when I was sixteen. I was two hundred and seventy pounds. And as you know, as a guy who's fluctuated in weight as well, you know, you don't keep a lot of pictures of the of the those times. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I wish. I guess, I, I, I guess I could say I wish because I have way too many. Yeah, your parents like loved pork chop, Marky. This was uh, before you, even <laughs> yeah no fuck it, don't say that um, before even before this is like in high school junior high <clears throat> I got tons of I got a bunch of I got all the the albums and everything yeah I know uh, I've been I've been to your to your family home oh my grandma's a, oh that's yeah yeah do you need a yeah. glass of water or something yeah. you're coughing a lot you go you no okay, no it, it's, it's me trying to get it out and then I'm like oh we're recording why would I do that now sorry 
Because I feel like you know how much your coughing bothers me, and it brings you a little bit of joy oh, to put me wrong. in a little bit of pain. You're absolutely wrong. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. But anyway, I found my high school... I found my high school ID and I went to a high school that was very, you know, had a lot of Africana studies. So hmm. we we had a history teacher that did history from an African lens, which in the late 90s was something that you mostly find at like the colleges where you live or like, you know, in in fancy schools or, or not at all, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We... A lot of people found out about Tulsa this year through a white dude's comic book remake of Watchmen. Right. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I do. So so when my teacher, I had a teacher then who was teaching us, you know, with books, with facts that like there are African tools that are that are here that were yeah. in America. Yeah. So man, pe- whole, pe- 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 people learned about sundown towns. For the first time this year as well. Yeah. Because of Lovecraft, which is also crazy. Right? Or like, um, like some people didn't know what Juneteenth actually meant. Yeah, you know, sure. Like, you know, fuck 2020, man. Fuck 2020. This is, this is one of the worst years of my life. And, and it's been a terrible year for so many people. And it has. I, I can't... I, the first two months of 2020... Are some of the best times of my life. So I'll I'll just say fuck the majority of it. But I can't, I mean January and February were just amazing. Right. I, I, I do have to. Yeah. I mean you got married. That was wonderful. You were part of that though. I know. I spoke at your wedding. That was a joy. That part was great. I'm pretending that that was 2019. It does feel like it was fucking 2019. <laughs> yeah. You know and. What I'm trying to say is I'm trying to say a whole bunch of shit, really. But sure. this this whole narrative of what is and what isn't is 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 the problem. And we normally don't do like holiday episodes, but I was just like, I'm feeling weird about Thanksgiving. I know you're feeling weird about Thanksgiving, and yeah, my mom's birthday was the yesterday. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about that. So. Oh, no, no. It's fine. It's all good. You know, and um, yeah, in, in, and as I said, so it'll be the 22nd anniversary of my father passing away. It's It's just a funky time. And I was just thinking about like this year that this is the year where like a lot of a lot of people actually want to change or want to learn about change or are actually doing the work. Um, that's I'm talking about white people who, who, who you know, we talked about this on, on the, the episode that we did shortly after the murder of George Floyd. Mm. Like, I got calls, I got texts, I got emails like, oh, I simply thought, like, not being racist was just not saying the N-word. And that's 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 the manipulation of it, because like it's like, oh, if I do this, then I can't be part of the racist institutions, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and people are learning about how the fact that like like people were tricked into slavery-like devices in pre-reconstruction and all this other stuff. 
So I was just like, let's let's just talk about it all. Let's let's let it all out. Yeah. And and then I was, and then you know you and I were talking, and I was like, oh well, there are some Thanksgiving movies. Yeah. And you know I figure we could talk about them and sure. say hi, Doug, <laughs> and. You know, my list of Thanksgiving movies are mostly actually Thanksgiving movies, but I thought because I love you and, you know, you love Terrence Malick, I'd be remiss to maybe not start our episode about movies of the, the you know, Thanksgiving and, and the... Comp, some Well, actually, most of these movies are not about actual what happened on Plymouth Rock, but The New World. Sure, yeah. So, how would you describe the New World by Terrence Malick? Uh, it's his kind of his telling. He's trying to be as accurate and as truthful as possible about the tale of you know John Smith, Pocahontas, um, but you know even going so far as the actress who portrays Pocahontas to be a child essentially and showing you know. But that, you know, that that is how it is. You know, this has come up before on the podcast, and it's like, yeah. neither you or I or just about anyone, someone in our direct family lineage at one point was, like, pregnant and 14 and blah, blah, blah. It just kind of, that, that's just how it was back then. But um, he makes this kind of, it, it's 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 post-Thin Red Line, so it's it, it's a poetic retelling. It's inter, It's an interesting mix of his kind of poetic cinema along with, like, as much true-to-life factual stuff as possible. Um, and it's a movie that had to grow on me, um, over these last 15, wow, 15 years. Wow. Time really flies. When I yeah. first saw it, I remember like, oh, this is the beautiful, you know, it was, it was like all oh, the return of Terrence Malick. It came out when, you know, Colin Farrell was on his shit. Cause it was like Miami Vice, the new world and something else I can't remember. And then I do remember Art. being like, oh, this is kind of gross. It's like a legitimate love story between like a grown ass man and like a little girl, but then if we're dealing with history, it's kind of like, you know what? Obviously, I don't endorse it, and neither does Scott. But it just, that's no. just kind of how it was. But, I but, think but if, if you can get... But I don't judge you. If, if you don't want to endorse that, I will absolutely get it and won't judge you. But there's so much more to the movie than, than that. Um, I'm not trying to right. cop please. It, I know. It just you're is, not, you know. We're not, it's not, you're not being an apologist. What you're saying right, 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 is, right, right. is that in the telling of history of of relationships there are a lot of relationships that were inappropriate illegal morally bankrupt and sometimes complicated i don't know but it, john john smith and pocahontas's relationship was inappropriate in yes. several ways yes so what are we to do not present movies that have bad things in them right it's all part of history i mean you can't just because you know that because that's another thing too i think for as long as we exist as long as the world exists there's always going to be this weird struggle where like when something where people misconstrue history with just like good stuff Right. Which is unfortunate. It's just like no history is history, and some of that history sucks. Even even the history that's like kind of considered bad, there's always essentially like 
a happy ending. For example, Hitler, he's a part of history, and I think people will, they're more into that because, you know, Hitler was eventually defeated. You, you know what I'm saying? Whereas, right. like, certain things began, like, the beginning, middle, and end was all bad. And it just is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and some people kind of, you know, ignore that. And, and, and I think that that's dangerous. I get it's it, but it's dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, something I talk about in, like, my left circles or when, I, you know, when I'm talking to other people is to understand the difference between your opponents and your enemies and also being careful to not dismiss your enemies because you don't like them. So... I remember I was once in a class and we were talking about Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg. Um, rest in peace, David Dinkins. I would have taken oh, David peace, Dinkins yeah. over Mayor Bloomberg any day. And I was talking and someone else was passionately angry with with my with Bloomberg, which which I was too. If you, I was working in education at the time, and if you worked in education during Bloomberg's tenure, it, you most likely have a very strong negative opinion about him. And I was like, well, Bloomberg was very successful in some ways. And and the person I was talking to was like, no, he wasn't. He was terrible. And mm-hmm. I was like, right, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's a good person. Yeah. I'm saying he did some things that helped the city, and mostly he didn't. And he was like, what are you saying? I was like, he's a popular mayor. He's like, no, he's not. He's terrible. I was like, well, he got voted three times. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like like when we figure out how to look at the shit stain of history, we have to, we have to deal with the fact that 72 million people thought that Donald Trump was the right idea for president the second time. Right, right, right. I'm gl- Yeah, that's always been, you know... That, that you know, it's funny. It's like the whole thing regarding Trump and people who voted for him. It's always an interesting thing how people perceive things. Like it's like if you are white, it's this kind of from the first term. It's this assumption where it's like, oh, he stole the election, Russian collusion, whatever. And I never got too deep into that. Whereas me, uh, a black male, to me, it's like I guess there was some foul play or whatever. But at the same time, take that out. There's still so many people who voted for him. So to me, it's like that spoke volumes. I think this country elected the president that they really wanted. And and, and like whenever I say that to certain white people, they're kind of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. It's like, yeah, well, I, I look at life different than you and, and, and vice versa. Um, I, I really right. saw it as like a really it, it's not exclusively about race, but it was a big race. Thing. It's a big mostly thing. mostly and because of the person who was in office before him and other stuff. So, you know. Right. And so like there's this schism so you can't deny this and I've been rereading The Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon and he's talking about how to decolonialize and which is some like there's like I'm not going to say too much about our president elect cuz I'm not if you know anything about my politics or listening to this podcast I'm not I'm not excited. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But you know to Me to to something I'm reading that I feel like uh, is appropriate here is the colonial world is a world cut in two. 
the dividing line, the frontiers are shown by barracks and police stations. In the colonies, it is the policeman and the soldier who are the official, instituted go-betweens, the spokesman of the settler and his rule of oppression. Now, if that's not, like, something that you just fucking feel right now, like, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And this is... This is just things that I'm thinking about and things that I'm reading about. And I thoroughly suggest everybody, whether it be through art or whether it be through music or be through reading, to take a political stance at this point. Do some reading. Mm. Learn something. Read an article. You know, I'm not saying like go deep into, you know, re-understanding John Stuart Mill or pro- hopefully not reading The Fountainhead. Um, you know. Sorry, W. Mass Liberty. Um, but, you know, even if you do, like, do some reading, do some learning to, like, you... to to get through these hard times, we cannot be complacent. Sure. Absolutely. This is definitely not where... The episode where we're hopefully going to talk about planes, trains, automobiles, and Dutch was going to go. But, <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, I was texting. So, you had me watch Dutch. Yeah. For this for this episode, because I had never classic. seen it. And, um, you know, I was just trying to figure out, trying to figure out, like, different Thanksgiving movies and, like, not get too emotional. But then remember, like. Um, how much I enjoyed. Do you know what they call the butt of a turkey? No. The Pope's nose. Oh. I don't know why. Um, it's probably offensive. I apologize yeah, I'm sure if anyone yeah, is. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, but me and my grandpa would would split the Pope's nose in half. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's and a, I mean, um, you know, again, a nice thing. Under the umbrella of something that's problematic and blah, blah, right. blah. There's, so, you know. there's not one thing, and I'm really tired of, like, like on TikTok, there's a popular trend called No Nuance November, and it's just, like, it's been No Nuance decade. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't need to meme this. Yeah. So, yeah, so you, you just, you told me to check out this movie Dutch. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just I'm just pulling up my notes. And so John Hughes, who is the architect of a lot of film worlds and a lot of cinema and directed a lot less movies than people think that he did, mm-hmm. but sure. but wrote a lot of movies and directed a lot of movies. And yeah. John Hughes will be mentioned in another movie that we talk about later. Absolutely. And and so he writes this this ho- this Thanksgiving movie. Apparently, he was obsessed with the winter holidays because obviously there's also Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is another mm-hmm. Thanksgiving movie, which we will be talking about. Home and then there's Home Alone, which is about Christmas. And then there's the National Lampoon movies. Mm-hmm. Like, the man likes holidays. Yeah. And he wrote this, and it was directed by... Peter Farnan after Crocodile Dundee. He never made another movie after this. Um, and 
the star the star of the movie is Ed O'Neill, who is actually a Horian Gracie black belt. Like he is, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. Like and and he could he could fuck us up. Mm. And like even though the film has like a lot of gags and silliness, it's about so in the movie Dutch is is um he's going to pick up this kid uh character's name is Doyle if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and like this re- so he's Ed O'Neill's character Dutch is in love with this nice woman and is this nice woman's son who is in a boarding school hates her and likes wants to live with her with his dad played by shooter shooter gavin yeah he, he yeah he's he, he's he's a little prick yeah i mean he's really good at playing uh, which which actor ethan embry both, was i i'm thinking of ethan embry yeah i mean ethan yeah. embry who who you'll just remember from being in a lot of 90s movies yeah. and plays, also you know and 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 uh he, he's the boss who's that who kind of bookends harold and kumar um, that's makes, true. I mean, yeah. he he showed up a lot of movies. I think he was in that thing you do. I don't remember. He a thousand. Um, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the. He was definitely yeah. in Empire Records. Yes. Yeah, he was the man in the nineties. He was. You were the man in Phantoms. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually. Oh, <laughs> Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to reference Jay and Silent Bob. At some point, um, cool. I got no problem with that. Well, I'll I'll explain. So if I don't, remind me. I'm okay. Going all over the place. So Dutch, Dutch goes to pick up Doyle from his boarding school to bring him to Thanksgiving, so he can show he can just try to get the family back together. Yeah. And. He picks the kid up, and it's slapstick after slapstick after yes. gag, and there's lots of gags. There's lots of there's lots of um, lots of slapstick. But what I actually really got into about it is that it was also sort of a commentary about the working class and elitism, mm-hmm. because 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 Ethan Embry's character is is puts his nose up at Dutch. He's like, I, oh, do you, are you have no pride about where you come from? And he's like, actually, you know, I worked. My father worked. My family worked. We've always worked. I'm proud of it. I've worked for everything I did. I love your mom. And we're going, by hook or crook, we're going to make this happen. We're going to yeah. make this work. And so it's about working the working class and trying to find like he's not embarrassed of who he is sure and so you have this nice little commentary about classism and love and create and like ed o'neill is pretty charming in this and this is around the time he was in married with children which you know i i don't know how well that's aged but it definitely had it definitely is probably what people would call problematic these days. Yeah, it's um 
Sure, but it's also like I can't that 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 show was too much part of my upbringing to kind of like like you're not wrong, but you know at the same time, you know if 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 it like this is another slippery slope where we like since television since the beginning of time everything has an issue. And if right. you're fine and I would, it, it's like, let, let, let's kind of move past some stuff. But I don't mean that in a flippant way, because sometimes when you say move past it, that is very messed up and insulting. But I don't know. It just gets so complicated well, and frustrating. Actually, I would be interested in taking a look at it and seeing if the, like what it's like now. And if there's some good things, some bad things. I mean, it definitely yeah. shows the the... The hometown hero that that never made it, what could have been, and and failure is a thing that I'm always very interested in. I think that's why 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 Venture Brothers is one of my favorite shows of all time, mm. and I've I haven't gotten around to oh favorite show of uh, of of Doug's. That's one of Doug's favorite shows. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Hi, Doug. I don't like knowing too much about you just because. Cause you're a construct, but I know you're a good dude, and you eat well, and and you you've you're we're good. I hope we're good. Um, are you mad at me? I, I'm just joking. Um, but like, yeah, through the gags and the silliness, because it's definitely chock full of like the sort of gags and and things that John Hughes and John Hughes directed movies of like past the frat pack years. Not mm-hmm. Frat Pack, the Brat Pack. Brat, the Frat I, Pack I, I, is I, like... I, I know what you meant. Yeah. Why? Just in case, because there's the Rat Pack, the Brat Pack, the Frat Pack. Um, uh, was there a Gat Pack? Because that would, that would be... That would no, be fun. but I feel like that's... Com- the Gat Pack, that's probably some like hip-hop stuff. Yeah. Or like... Yeah, I was going to make like a Blood and Crip joke, and then I'm like, I'm not going to make a Blood and Crip joke. There's there's no reason to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know like have you ever watched Three Men and a Little Lady? Oh, the sequel? I mean when it first came out, so I don't the know. The sequel like to Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. I haven't I don't think I've watched it since we rented it from the video store back in the early 90s or whenever it came out. So while that movie is also another movie with lots of gags and you got uh Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg, Steve Tom Gutenberg and Tom Selleck, who I'm very disappointed in in his trajectory as a person. Because, um, you know, he's like, I think I've said this before, but he's like the head of the NRA. And yeah. Oh, wow, that goes back to that. That was that old school. Like, um, this didn't happen that much back in the day. Remember when he went on the Rosie O'Donnell show and they like kind of got into it and it was like super tense. And it was like this whole thing on like uh, on television. Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was all yeah. He came on the show. This is you know when Rosie O'Donnell. Some people don't know this, but you know in the in the night late nineties, Rosie O'Donnell was like the shit, and she had Tom Selleck on the show, and she was like grilling him about gun stuff, and then they started like lightweight arguing, like they deviated from the script, and then at one point Tom Selleck gives this like super exasperated like. Jesus Christ! Like it, 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 it was very awkward, intense, but entertaining. And I think, I think the gun argument is a complex one, and I'm not, I'm not pro gun rights, anti gun rights. Well, 
if we ever want to talk about these sort of thing, we should have someone on the show who would be interested in having a thoughtful debate. Because I just, I don't really want to state my thoughts about gun rights. Well, thoughtful talk. It may not end up being a debate. That's what I mean. Debate doesn't necessarily mean um, like an argument. True. This is why I think we need a uh, cousin Terry on the show. And I'll, I'll, see, I'll I would love no to more. talk to cousin Terry about this because, because especially talking about revolution and and the the issues of what's going on, like just disarming everybody and only having certain populations have access to this thing, yeah. that can be, that could be scary as well. So. I'm not I'm not one way or another but I know that that the organization that would go on to become the NRA was definitely uncomfortable with Black Panthers having guns and of sort of pushed through the the legislation so my problem is is that they tend to not they tend to really only care about the gun rights of certain people. Yeah. And, yeah, and, so let's be consistent. Yeah, just be consistent. If you're like if they if you were out there riding for Philando Castile, that would be a different story, right? And I also think while well, we are kind of getting into it, I will say, let's like get into the type of guns. I, I do think I'm not against gun ownership, but like bazookas and Uzis and all that I'm I'm generalizing. Like I don't see how that's necessary. And I'll that's just the leave problem, it at that. And that's the problem because like the argument needs to to be like we need this is why you and I who don't own guns um, having an argument about like having a discussion about it is just like okay, you know. Sure. I'm just saying like I'm not one of those liberal left leaning people that's just like guns are are bad. Period. Right. That's just right. that's not where I'm at. Damn. But, you know what? You you just said that. I was in my kitchen the other day and I was just like reminded of a conversation you and I had on this podcast. And in my car, like outside of, of, of podcast world, how just like I, something came up and it got me to thinking how sometimes I get really annoyed at Northeast people, which we both are from the Northeast, how they generalize like the South in terms of like race, racism and bigotry as if mm-hmm. like there aren't a million bazillion cities, neighborhoods and places in the Northeast that are just the same thing. They just don't have the accent. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it really like- got to me. Like, wh- like what are you talking like? Parts along Island or Bensonhurst or Howard Beach or neighborhoods in Philadelphia or like so much of fucking New Jersey, Boston or the greater Boston area, areas in Maine where like there's still skinheads are still like a, a, a thing there. It's just like, I know you're not talking. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's such a like, we it's such a crazy thing. And the older I get, the more it actually upsets me. No, I totally understand. And, you know, like... All I was trying to say was Three Men and a Little Lady um, was ahead of its time of showing like co-parenting from a non-normative point of view. Yeah, sure. But also that it was that Tom Selleck being that the NRA is a disappointing organization because I just don't believe that they are there for the rights of of everybody. Hmm. So it's the consistency for me. And again, I would rather have this conversation with someone that like could explain things a little more so I could understand it better aside from just saying this is bad. And, you know, 
people talk about the North like it's like so good, but like Mayor Bloomberg that we were just talking about said that there weren't enough stop and frisks. So there's a lot of there's a lot of ups there's a lot of North racism. Uh, plenty. You know, understatement. You know, Stonewall yeah. happened in the village. Yeah. And yeah. so I just wanted to say that. And, and the reason why I was also talking about John Hughes is that, you know, John Hughes wrote this movie. He also wrote Some Kind of Wonderful, which, which has a kiss scene that is really sexy. What can I say? It's just it's just a sexy there's some sexy movie stuff in there. And one of the conceits of dogma with Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. is they went they go to try to find one of the fictional towns from the John Hughes movies. Do you remember oh, that's that? how they're introduced. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's how those characters are introduced. In yeah. Dogma, the you know Kevin Smith's movie about heaven and hell and that movie you actually have to watch on streaming like for free because it's in this straight it's in this strange copyright thing and it's completely owned by the Weinsteins and they're not exactly able to do much with movies and stuff so if if that's a movie you want to watch, you kind of have to watch it on YouTube. Like you can't mm-hmm. support the artist in that one. Yeah. Um. And it was kind of his take, almost on the comic book, The Sandman, but very simplified. But that's not to say that I don't think it's a it's a nice movie. I rewatched it recently. Mm. Do you remember Dogma? Of course. I and I just end up talking about Kevin Smith way more than I would think, um, but I think it just connected to to a nostalgia point of you know my pops being alive and shit. So yeah, and Kevin Smith is big on nostalgia. I think you vocalize it more than me, but I th- this podcast is very like Kevin Smith friendly during a time when he you know he's not what he was in the '90s. I, I don't mean that in, in in an insulting way. It just is what it is. There's something about Kevin Smith's films that a lot of well, I guess that 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 first kind of like New Jersey run, his first like five or six films have like they are nostalgic, but some of them still hold up. And it's like I think if if you're like that gener well Generation X obviously, but also we're of that age where we were the just after Generation X, and we related to a lot of that stuff, or at least liked a lot of that stuff. So I think we that there's that connection to, 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 to his movies. And John Hughes has come up a bunch of times in, in, in other Kevin Smith stuff, too. Yeah, he, he really does love that world. So when Jay and Silent Bob show up in the movie Dogma, they're searching for the John Hughes town. And also, Mall Rats, which I think takes place during a holiday. I don't remember, but... No. Uh, no. You just have to be careful because, like, it, uh, when Mallrats was theatrically released, it had a different beginning than the the release that they did for the anniversary. And I prefer I prefer the version from the theatrical release. 
and I'm quite excited for the sequel to Mallrats because I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be very timely because malls are like done, and they and are. I think what's what's nice about the sequels of his work that Kevin Smith has done so far is that they're usually about the dream is over and what do we sure. do with it now? Sure. Like not necessarily negatively, but I'm interested yeah. in where the clerks' characters are now, and I'm interested in in where all the Mallrats characters are, and the little cameo of chasing Amy in Jane Silent Bob reboot. I thought was was really wonderfully, beautifully done. Yeah. But we have we have a lot of movies to get to, my friend. Yeah. So well, yeah. We, I mean, we, we essentially we we've led into one. I mean, we talk. I mean, I guess I should say also, Dutch really is like a movie that I love very much, and I do have to tell this quick story. How like in college, going home for Thanksgiving, I got close to someone who is still my friend to this day because he made kind of a deep cut Dutch reference to me, and it was one of those things where like, wait, you. Of all the scenes in that random ass movie, you quoted this like I had my suitcase. I was waiting for the taxi to come pick me up to go to the airport so I could go back to Massachusetts from Virginia. And my friend, he was just like my buddy at the time, and then we became super close. He comes up to me and he starts like pretending to wash his armpits, and he goes, "Ready for your turkey dinner?" And there's a scene in Dutch where he's he's in the bus station. And this like homeless guy, this friendly homeless guy, looks at him. He's washing himself in the bathroom, and he looks at and and he looks at the little kid, and he's like, "Ready for your turkey dinner?" And like, I immediately knew what he was referencing. And then from yeah, that, that was, moment on, it was like uh, we became friends after that. Right, and it's in those little things that show Doyle, Ethan Embry's character, compassion and kindness, and. You know, he has this whole notion of the undeserving poor, but what did he do other than being born into who he is? And there's there's a scene where they end up staying at a shelter and he gives a piece of bread to a young girl and that's like his hero's journey. Sure. That yeah. that So yeah, I was very surprised to find all this class struggle in Dutch, but I was happy for it. And um, speaking of speaking of uh, weird, you know, Thanksgiving weekends, a a, a quick one. Uh, do you remember Ang Lee's ice storm? Absolutely. Well, an ice storm during a Thanksgiving weekend, a family is destroyed. Yeah, ice storm is kind of considered one. <laughs> is kind of considered one of the uh, one of the more popular. Um, Thanksgiving movies, it's always kind of the go-to. You know. Is it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's like Ice Storm, Home for the Holidays. Honestly, not Dutch. Um, not New Jack City, but like Home for the Holidays, the Ice Storm, those are kind of like the two big, when people are just like, especially like in movie world, when people are just like, hey, we always skip from horror movies for Halloween to Christmas movies. What about the Thanksgiving movies? And those are kind of like some of the main, like that's kind of one of the main propped up uh Films for Thanksgiving, right? Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the the scary ones because I don't really know them. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know because I just tried to do this. I tried to do my list without 
looking on the internet, you know? Sure. So, you know, Thanksgiving movies. What was what was the other one you just said? Oh, Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter? No, the other one. Oh, what? New Jack City? Oh, yeah, New Jack City. Because, yeah. like... Famous right. Thanksgiving scene in New Jack Thanks- City. And, like, that's become a famous rap line where... Yeah. Um, Nino White, Nino Brown, excuse me, I was confusing yeah. Frank, Frank White, White from yeah. um, King of New York, another highly rapped about rap um, movie about gang leaders and in that part of New York. But Nino Brown, played by Wesley Snipes, one of his things is that he gives out turkeys on Thanksgiving and that's yeah. become a thing that people rap about when talking about their philanthropy or it's become a way to sort of give back is handing out turkeys on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But yeah, the ice storm uh is just uh, is just about a is just about a really sad Thanksgiving where yeah. Uh poor Elijah Wood and uh <laughs> You know who's in that? Mo- you know who's also in that movie? Uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci and Kevin. You know, Klein. but but Christina Ricci has one of the great scenes about Thanksgiving in Adam's Family Values. Oh damn! I wasn't even thinking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Adam. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And so. I'm just like, there's a wonderful scene in Adam's Family Values where Christina Ricci, who, you know, doesn't get enough love for being who she is, and she's in, she's been in some weird movies, like Pumpkin, don't watch Damn, that I knew, one. I knew, I knew you were going to say that, yeah. I like that movie, and then, and then, I, and then I was like, yeah, maybe, I, yeah, no. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, cause it's a it, cause, hard yeah no. Yeah, it's a hard yeah no. And but like Christina Ricci, even though she's like goth ass Wednesday Adams, she's like, what y'all did on Thanksgiving was whack. So there's a great scene about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to get through these important ideas and these things, and which also leads me to believe because I I think that you're trying to get to the John Hughes film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. So do you want to give a little preamble? Sure. It's a, it, it is a, this is one of those classic films that I think only recently-ish have people been like, oh, it's a Thanksgiving movie. Um, you know, uh, essentially it's these two guys... Opposite personality, you know, odd couple type thing, which is, you know, great for a comedy. Uh, yeah. these, these guys have to get home for Thanksgiving. Uh, both of their modes of transportation to get there have dwindled. So they're forced oh, to kind of make this road trip together and, and it's comedy Steve, ensues. Steve Martin as and the... John, oh, yeah. Steve Martin as like the uptight straight man, I suppose. And John uh, yes. Candy as... The loose kind of like funny guy in a way, and which I have to say, it's also kind of crazy because it it, it's like I feel like we're going to talk about John Candy mostly, but it's also like a cool testament to like Steve Martin because Steve Martin plenty times in his career 
has been the comic relief. Mm-hmm. He's one of those few guys that can do the like straight man or the silly goofy guy. I think Dan, Dan Aykroyd in his prime was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so and yeah, I, I just wanted to say that about Steve Martin real quick. And that the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and the remake oh, of shit. After the Wedding were mm-hmm. both whack. Oh, I I, st- I I love After the Wedding so much that I, I still have to see the remake just because I have to see it. Yeah, but the when you were telling me that Zach Braff wanted to remake that movie with Eddie Murphy, that was mm-hmm. the one I would have wanted to see. The one, yeah, this same. one, this one with Billy Crudup and Julian Moore and Michelle Williams just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Anne Hathaway, and for some reason, that Australian actress is like. I can't think of her name right now. Yeah, I forgot too. Um, she falls down a lot. That sort of she, thing. Yeah, that's sort of like her shtick. Yeah. It's like, I'm oh, sorry. Re- I'm... Uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm mean and I fell. Yeah. 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 And also Christina Ricci was in The Opposite of Sex, which I, which I remember liking back in the day. Oh yeah, that was a that was a whole thing because it came out the same time as Buffalo '66, and it made Vincent Gallo really upset because she promoted the opposite of sex more than Buffalo '66, and he took that very personally and didn't hold back his words. No, he didn't. No, because because right because she did she had some hitters. Ice Storm. She was an it girl. She she was the Ice it girl. Storm, Buffalo '66, Pecker, the opposite of sex, Damn, Sleepy Pecker. Hollow, Monster, like. Yeah, that, and, and everything you just said was essentially in just less than four years. Yeah, and her, and also, she, and like her performance in Fear and Loathing was perfectly bothersome. Oh, and damn, I always forget she's in that too. She's like yeah. the runaway kid who like attacks Johnny Depp. She, yeah. And I know, I know that you don't like Speed Racer, but I like Speed I do Racer. Not. I know. But I know you like it. I, 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 I do. I, I know you like it. I don't know. It just makes me happy, man. Yeah. And, I get uh, it. But she was also in one of the worst movies ever made, uh, Black, Black Snake Moan. Oh, God. Yeah, she was. And somehow Eddie Murphy saw Black Snake Moan. and was like, yeah, I'll make a movie of, with you. And the remake of Footloose. And was like, you know what? Uh, let's, let's make Coming to America 2 together. Yeah. And Dolomite. Let's do back-to-back movies. Yeah, let's just do... Yeah, but the fact that he gave him Coming to America, too... Sure, sure, sure. You're right. It is a bigger deal issue. Because I'm just like, is. why? Yeah. I yeah. hope it's good, but I don't have a whole lot of... I don't have a whole lot of, um, you know, hope for that one. But yeah, I'm sorry. John Candy's performance in... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is beautiful and and nuanced and sad and funny at the same time. You know, I had never seen Plane, Train, Automobile until yesterday. Oh, did you say... Hmm, maybe I forgot that aspect of it. I, oh, I think I got so caught up on you not seeing Dutch before that I... I oh, so no, I did not know that. Right, like, no... Thankfully, people stop tagging me on Twitter for stuff because I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. But 
when when y'all were playing that game like list four movies you haven't seen you cinephile nerds i was i was sort of like (laughs) i was like ooh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get y'all pissed off with this one but right um so yeah i hadn't seen either of those till this week and and i was legitimately crying at the end of Mm. of um planes trains and automobiles because it's really it's really a story of love it and is. compassion. Yeah. And great John I Candy think, speech. It's kind of oh, a classic scene from it. So you hurt me? Hurt me. I don't know it word for word, but Yeah. And like you sort of have an idea of what the plot twist is, but then when Steve Martin realizes it, you kind of feel it. And you know, it's just I think the the I think the reason one of the reasons why the nation needs to heal from the the pain of all of all of America, obviously forever, but particularly forty five is his inability to show compassion or empathy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> is is a is a real fatal flaw, and um, fatal flaw of his career. You know what I mean? Like, um, mm-hmm. and speaking of 45, unless you have another thing you'd like to say about planes, trains, and automobiles. I, I, I do. It's something I, I, I said to Scott in a text, but specifically, I think some people get it. Not everyone does yet, but I think, you know, if I'm just going to generalize, yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles is a comedy. But I think if these kind of movies were taken a little more serious, I think John Candy's performance would be put up there with just about any of the best of just like performances because it's like, yeah, he's funny as hell, but then there's also some sad parts, there's some poignant moments, some serious moments, some heartfelt. Mm. It's kind of everything in what he really plays the hell out of that role. But, you know, it's John Candy, it's Steve Martin, it's not, you know, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always going to be looked at as lesser than, which is unfortunate because, uh, John Candy is so great in that movie, as is Steve Martin, but more so John Candy in, the, in this particular. Yeah, example. because so so if you take if you take some of the slapstick elements and turn down Steve Martin's performance, you have Sideways. Huh, yeah, sure. You know, and it it just becomes it just becomes a different vibe. Yeah, but to get back to. You know, just because this is a good transition, mm-hmm. is we were talking about the president and the lack of compassion and the things that he expected from, you know, the American people. A couple of years ago, out of nowhere, comedic actor Ike Brianholtz decided to make a movie um, called The Oath, yeah. where... He stars a, a, a like a political dude who's married to Tiffany Haddish, and it's in a distant future where citizens are being encouraged, but not required, to pledge fealty to the U.S. government and namely the president. Mm-hmm. And while not overly neoliberal propaganda, this movie taken over Thanksgiving tells the unraveling of family and the government connected to it. And reminds me of certain political ideologies 
and would be an annoying movie, sort of, if not for Baron Holtz writing and acting and Tiffany Haddish coming through. Mm. And, you know, its supporting cast is, you know, is really cool, too. You have, like, Billy Magnuson, who, mm-hmm. of course, was, was great in Game Night, as is everybody. Everybody in Game Night. You know? and, and it's funny, because speaking of, you know, the last movie we talked about, you know, with Steve Martin and John Candy, so someone like Nora Dunn, who kind of came up in the whole sketch comedy, improv comedy scene, you know, ju- you know, uh, she was a generation that kind of followed the, those those Second City guys. You know what I'm saying? Even you know, one of the Duplass brothers is in it. It's um, it's got a really cool supporting guy, John Cho, who you know, he's he's been taken more seriously recently. I don't mean that in a bad way. Oh, we mentioned Harold and Kumar earlier in this episode. Yeah. But anyway, when he wants to be Which funny, yo, John Cho movie. is funny as shit. Yeah. When John Cho was allowed to be like unfiltered, like what? Did, I don't know if anyone remembers this show. Me and my buddy um, Leandro Newton are the only two people that um, appreciate this show. Remember Off Center? It was on the WB. It was on for like two seasons. Yeah. Do you really? Well, you were calling me Leandro Newton. No, 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 no. I was calling someone else that. This, 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 oh this yes, was our yes, favorite, yes. This, this was our favorite show. And, um, yeah, it was on for two, I'm surprised it was on for two seasons, and yeah, it was John Cho, it was the, whatever his name is, Finch from American Pie, it was a really funny show, and, um, yeah, so I, I say all that to say is John Cho is a very funny guy. He's well-rounded, because he does a lot of serious stuff these days, but, yeah. yeah. but he's also, have you seen the movie he was in, I think it was called Searching? Yeah, I think that, well, that's one of the examples that, the recent examples I'm talking about, because he was in Searching, he was in, um, they re-remade The Ring, or, or no, Grudge, kind of, um, but I did see Searching, um, I was just Ooh. curious what, because it came out around the same time as, um, Crazy Rich Asians, and a lot of, like, the Asian American, specifically, Asian American, like, film community was like, support these movies, and I was like, well, right on, um. Searching was actually pretty good and, like, yeah. cool twist. really smart. Cool, cool little twist. Really smart use of the what they, their style. Yeah, I mean, like, so movies like that, Chronicle, there's, like, a couple of recent movies that really make good use of, like, the whole secondhand footage or surveillance. Because it's, like, there was a period where the shit got played out. And sometimes when something gets so played out, all it takes is, like, a little more of a push. And then people kind of, like, take that idea and just kind of, you know... Bump, bump, bump it up a notch. Oh, I can't. I have. I, I'm. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the name. But Bobcat Goldthwait's Bigfoot movie is also another like semi recent movie, where like it takes the whole like handheld secondary camera footage and like kind of does something you know cool. Ho- hold on, because I feel. Oh, Willow Creek. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, I only recently saw Wind River. Wait, is that the Jennifer whatever movie? What? Oh, that's Winter's Bone. Wh- no, wh- Winter's wh- Bone is great. Wh- what? What's Wind River again? What's that? It's like it's like this movie that, that a lot of people were saying like was the coming of this new director, um, Taylor Sheridan. Um, with Jeremy Renner. And oh, Elizabeth the Native Olsen. American Alaskan John Bernthal. Yeah. Olsen sister movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I rented that. I, I That was one of the last, like, physical things I rented, like, 
back in the day. Yeah, it was surprisingly it was surprisingly good, and I have a couple friends who are like obsessed with him. Sure. Oh well, he's um, he, he's not around anymore. Wait, the director or or or, or Hawkeye? Who, who are we talking about? Jeremy Renner or the director? Taylor Sheridan passed away. No, I thought you were talking about Jeremy Renner. He's uh. Anyway. Was he, was he, oh, is he persona non grata? Kinda, yeah, yeah. He did some crazy stuff late last year. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, his whole, even though he is a two-time Academy Award nominated actor, it, it, it just kind of went quiet, similar to like his character in Avengers. He's just like, he just kind of quietly isn't really around it any, anymore. Interesting. Yeah. We don't have to get into it. I mean, I'll, we could talk. Yeah, about I, I'm not. I'm not really that interested. I yeah, didn't sure, have much sure. of a stake <laughs> sure. in the career yeah. of Jeremy Renner. Yeah. This is also. It's funny. Wind River is also another one of those movies where, like, it's this whole thing. Whenever John Bernthal gets like a meaty part in a movie, he's in it for like he's in he's in all these big movies for like one and a half scenes. Yeah, it's so strange. They actually kind of when he was on Marin. Like it was like well over a year ago. They they kind of talked about that for a second, but he's in a lot of shit. But it's like one and a half scenes or two scenes at most. So it's, it's it's interesting. But I, but 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 I am a Johnny Bernthal fan. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I think he's I think he's good. Um, the the accountant had no business being as good. No, as it, it didn't. Did. No, it didn't. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah. And you know, something I am a fan of is. Um, the folk rock and roll band, the band. Mm-hmm. So you know, let me let me paint you a picture. Okay. Robbie Robertson starts this band. They're the backing band for Bob Dylan. When Bob Dylan goes electric, they have their own career, and that's why they call themselves the band. And then they're like, you know what? We're over. So let's have a concert on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know what we should call it? The Last Waltz. <laughs> and you know who should film it? Marty. Martin Scorsese. Because yeah. him and, him and uh, you know, Rob, they, they lived together for, for, for a while. And apparently they would black out their windows and watch two or three movies a day. And... You know, just really get a, get people excited about bodybuilding. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like one of the best concert films probably ever made. Of course, it's it's considered that by many, and obviously famously known for them spending like a million dollars trying to make the cocaine nugget in Neil Young's nose look smaller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you know that? Uh, yes, I did. What's in your perfect Thanksgiving sandwich? Oh, all right. Uh, skinless turkey. Um, oh, mm-hmm. oh, skinless turkey stuffing. Uh, uh, like a thin, like like a layer. Like the top layer of mac and cheese where it's just like the cheese on the top, but then just like one row of noodles at the bottom. Not not like a big chunk of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
this is going to be a little controversial, but not on this, not on the sandwich, but like on the side, some ketchup to dip it in. Sorry, I know I've, I've said this to people before, and it grosses them out. Um, potato it's not, bread. It's not potato for me. Bread. It's not for me, but I'm not going to judge you because sure, sure. I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> and 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 potato bread or like potato rolls is also key. As as the bread of the sandwich, that that that's that that's that's the home run. Okay, for me, so, for me. And I'm not I'm a big gonna, cranberry guy. I don't do the pumpkin stuff, so I'm kind of basic. No, you're not. Well, when it comes to that, I guess I should say. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, and I'm not done. I have a couple other Thanksgiving movies to do, but I just figure why not talk about all the things. Yeah. I I hope. You have you have a little bit to to talk more a little right. Oh, uh, I mean, I kind of touched on the main movies that I uh, I thought we were gonna. Okay, well, you yeah. can you can work with me. You can vibe with me. Yeah, of course. So, my perfect Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm-hmm. Take a baguette. Mm-hmm. On one side, both sides of the baguette, mayonnaise. On okay. on Go. one side, cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. On the other side, gravy. Mm-hmm. Then you put stuffing. And then okay. a little more gravy. Mm-hmm. Then you put some turkey, dark meat. That's my preference. Then a little more gravy. Then if you have it, you put a little mashed potatoes and a little more gravy. And then if you're at a place that does mac and cheese, just put a little bit of mac and cheese there, you know. And then um, if you're at a place that, that does the green bean casserole with the crispy onions... Oh, underrated. As, as, mm. I don't know about it in a sandwich, but as a dish, yeah. And then you put that on top of there. And then if you have it, like a La Plancha, you make it like a Cubano. Mm. And then you have a cup of gravy on the side for dipping. Okay. Okay. You, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've you know that you know, that's another thing that I get a lot of shit for. I'm, I'm not a gravy person. I ne- like since I was a kid, never have been. But that's not my sense. You know what I learned? I I didn't even know this shit existed until recently. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving calzones, which is essentially Wait, what each of what? us just described. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's actual dough, but pretty much the things that we've been saying inside the dough like instead of the bread it's like actual pizza dough but inside it, it's all thanksgiving stuff and then i remember at first someone was describing it to me like oh that's disgusting and then i was like why did i just react that way because i have thanksgiving sandwiches it's bread dough it's the same shit you know so i think in my mind immediately i thought about like the calzone having pizza shit in it and thanksgiving stuff but it's not it's like the, the, there's no cheese or any or pepperoni or stuff like that it just looks like a calzone when you open it up. It's it's Thanksgiving. No, I would totally, I would totally eat that. I also, I'm a yeah. real big, I'm a real big fan of calzones. I am too. I haven't had one in. I'm actually proud to say I haven't had one in, in a very long time, which is important. But 
I wouldn't turn one down. Uh, I think in a few weeks, I'd, I'd be more comfortable saying, you know, I wouldn't turn one down, or at least a half of one. So yeah, so I've been I've been eating, I've been running a lot, mm-hmm. and so it's a nice treat to have a calzone. Sure. After you know during, during that part during like when you're dealing with that, you know what I'm saying. I agree. Um, and also, one thing that I like to think about is, you know, sometimes you think about one Thanksgiving and then years go on and then you get to another Thanksgiving. You know, the passing of time. Sort of like Hannah and her sisters. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, one of my favorite Woody Allen movies, I think, as I've been revisiting his films lately, because it's not like anyone has said anything about him recently about his behavior and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's completely uncontroversial person in film. Sure. Right? right? Uh, yeah, right. That's what I was told. Um, you know, this is just a, this is one of my favorite movies of his. I don't know. So, confession time, going back to that Twitter thing you were talking about earlier. I've never seen it. Whoa, really? Yeah, really. It's like I know the images. I know kind of what it's about, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. Most, just about any classic Woody Allen film I've seen. A lot in the theaters for like retrospectives, but Hannah and her sisters I, I, I have not seen. Huh. Well, you know, if you feel like watching it, you should watch it. And and if you don't, that's also okay, too. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. I have I have a couple more. I think I have one or two more things. Just making sure, mm-hmm. because a lot of these movies I'll probably never talk about again. <laughs> um, do do do. Do you like the last waltz? Yeah, if, if this is uh, yes, but I don't think I've seen this since like junior senior year of college when I was like that 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 was my period where it was like it, it wasn't like I didn't cram but like at the same time college was like oh I haven't seen this classic movie or this movie you're supposed to see I'll see it because middle of my tenure at, at college our library got this huge facelift and the goddamn the movie library was just insane so I was just renting movies all the time because in studio we made models and you just would mm-hmm. have your laptop open. Or sometimes, you know, we had a... Man, we had a projector. Sometimes, you know, because at studio, we would stay there for like two, three days at a time. We would just like screen movies when we took a break and all that stuff. But so long story short, yeah, but I don't think I've watched it in like maybe 16, 17, 18 years. But when you when you watched it, did you, did you get a big chill? <laughs> No, and, neither did I get one at the movie you're about to go into either. Or did you? Or did you? Or were your knives out when you carved the turkey? And eh, partially. Um, that's about sorry. that's about all I got when it comes to that. I mean, t- talk about it, but just you know. 
No, so there's the big chill, which is yeah. a Thanksgiving movie about the death of a friend. Yeah. Um, Canadian Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, and believe it or not, I don't want to talk about it. And then cool. Knives Out, which has some Thanksgiving going on. Yeah. But I thought the last movie that I'd like to talk about today, um, about Thanksgiving, is what I wonder might be the first televised existence of Friendsgiving. Uh-huh. What? And this would be... A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Damn, my mind didn't even go there. Uh, you know, 30-minute short about Charlie Brown is invited to his grandparents for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then it turns out a lot of people have nowhere to go for Thanksgiving. So they invite themselves over to Charlie Brown's house. And because he's a pretty good dude, but he's like kind of a sad dude, he's, he's, he's anxious... He's a little morose. Um, I've been compared to Charlie Brown before. If you know, if you've never been, if you've never been compared to Charlie Brown, if you've never related to Charlie Brown, I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah and the, I and, definitely have. And also, Charlie Brown, you know, is part of the Peanuts universe, and which was a. a a cartoon strip which ran for like 60 70 years by Charles Schultz and it's it's really ill for its time like it tackles depression and anxiety and relationships in a really beautiful way and you know i had the charlie brown sweater growing up and i was charlie brown for halloween all oh, the wow. time and you know, people just keep on showing up to Charlie's house for Thanksgiving, but he's unprepared. And then, you know, they all realize that the real gift is their friendship. But they do eventually get to eat some nice food. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the rapper Asheru? Of course. When he said, I got security like Linus, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Linus got this, has the security blanket. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't have a lot to be thankful for. That's not true. I was going to say, I, I, don't, I don't know the depths of everything going on with you or, or anyone for that matter, but I know enough to say that that's not true. Right. But Which was all I was just trying to say that I'm thank you for the podcast and your friendship and and all we've gone through in the past few years you could take me out of the equation there's other stuff that you uh no i'm not saying that i was just this was all for me to just like have like a nice way to get out of the episode man sure just, sure i was just trying to say that i'm grateful for you and i'm thankful uh, for you thanks well same oh well I, I feel the same way about you man and you know now that i know that you don't eat the skin of the bird Next time I come over, I'll eat all that. I love that. You got it. Um, yeah, do you have anything you want to uh, say before we head out? Uh, just real quick is that whenever all this stuff is over, for those of you listening in the future, we're still in COVID semi-lockdown. And depending on where you are, it's about to go back to where it was this past you know, spring. 
But uh, I do hope one day we can all kind of have a friends get together with a whole bunch of food and everyone we know. I, I don't care where it's at. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I that's will, what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I will come. I will come to New York when it's able to happen, and I'm hugging everybody for an uncomfortable yeah, amount of time. That's not true. I respect boundaries, so uh, you know, I'll hug for just so we're all happy and, and feeling good. And um, also. We still have some limited edition shirts, so DM Marcus on yes, his please. Twitter. And, and they are going fast. I've set aside like a, a bunch. So if you're listening to this, hit me up ASAP because like, you know, we're not exaggerating when we say li- li- limited and my DMs have, have blown up quite a bit these last few days. I'm going to be making my first post office run. So yeah. when they're gone, you know. This is what yeah. I'm going to say is because I've been told that this is a thing to do for collectors. We may make a second run, but it will be on a different color t-shirt. There, This will be the only chance to get this t-shirt this way. Yeah. But to say that we're never making this, this, this print again, that's not true. And we have some really cool ideas for stuff. And just keep on rocking with us and... uh you know, be good to each other. Be excellent. You know, enjoy every sandwich. <laughs> <laughs>